from Washington, D.C. He's the Real Clear Politics representative for them. They're at the White House. It's Philip Wegman. Philip, good afternoon to you, my friend. Good afternoon, Pat. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we just had – I've got to get serious now because we just had Marlon Stutzman on with us live uh, for the entire 4 o'clock hour here in the studio. And he and I haven't actually seen each other for like, I don't know, six months, nine months or whatever. And and when we get together, we're a little nutty. So I got I got to get back to serious stuff now. So um, I'm, I'm here to talk to you about war, pestilence, famine, um, and all, all those kinds of things. Um, did, the, uh, did the former congressman show his hand about possibly he did. Uh, being interested in returning to Congress? He what did. Would, what, did, what did he say? He did. Um, they have one last little widget of uh, the business stuff that they need to handle. It looks like that's coming together. My guess is a week from now he'll say, yep, I'm in. So it'll it'll be uh, awesome. We'll have Braun going for the uh, going for the uh, governor's chair. We'll have uh, Jim Banks going for the Senate seat and Marlon Stutzman uh, to recapture the House seat. So it'll, things will feel really good here in Northeast Indiana. Yeah, that's um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'd been watching the the third congressional district to see just who would take that seat. Um, Banks is certainly out of the gate pretty quickly in his race for Senate. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how how that race shapes up. Yeah, it, it really will. Um, and and I've, I've got not not that anything is a given, but you've got to think that um, the name recognition and the history recognition with Marlin is already a great leg up. Uh, you know that that a lot of other candidates wouldn't necessarily have. So can we talk documents? I know nobody. <laughs> I know nobody is talking about documents. Um, and and Philip, I'm I'm here to tell you right now that in my house, in my garage, in the room next to BJ the Mighty Wonder Pups crate, there are no classified documents. Okay, none. And if well, there are, always... if there are, if there are, I'll burn them before you get there. So <laughs> well, there, there's always a local angle, and this morning we found the local angle with uh, former Vice President Mike Pence um, announcing on his own that after a security review, he had found uh, about a dozen documents marked as classified in his Carmel, Indiana home. And when that news broke, there was absolutely a sigh of relief from the White House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now there's a counterexample, not just with what happened with Trump and the raid on Mar-a-Lago, but there's a counterexample with Mike Pence, who is not known for... Uh, overseas business deals is not known for protracted standoffs with the DOJ. Right. Um, instead, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the correct word to describe this, but um, it almost maybe normalizes this uh, yeah. to an extent because now Biden um, can say, you know, look, Mike Pence even had a, a dozen documents yeah. in his home. And well, I think the takeaway here is. Had Trump not had that standoff with DOJ, had he not fought with archives, maybe this would have been a story that blew over and didn't lead to a uh, raid on his home. Yeah, no, that's exactly correct. Now, I will tell you this, and this is just me and and Philip in full disclosure, because, you know, I'm a good friend of Mike Pence. OK, mm-hmm. so we like each other. We get along well. 
I, I didn't just buy his book. I read his book. Okay, so so if I look, if I read 520 pages of somebody, I must like them. Um, <laughs> but if you ever write your memoirs, there, if it's over 300 pages, Philip, I'm telling you, I can't I can't commit beyond that. Um, but but one thing I thought was interesting, and I I want to think that I heard this on CNN today, when they talked about the fact that these were documents that Pence and his people found. And they notified the government and had the FBI come in and get them last week. So those documents are back in D.C. before anybody knew what had happened. Um, But the thing I thought was interesting on CNN was they said documents that are purported to be top secret Mm -hmm. or classified. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting how they said that. So I don't know if the markings on these are different. I don't know what it is, but there's something about them where they didn't just come running out. Like I don't, I don't hear CNN and MSNBC foaming at the mouth today, like I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Well, so we know from Pence's attorney that they had classified markings, and of course, um, it's going to take some time for us to figure out what exactly was in there. It seems that the common denominator between um, the current president, the former president, and the former vice president is the memoir. And uh, you mentioned it a moment ago, uh, you know, Biden was was writing his in the the run up to, um, you know, 2020. Uh, Trump is reportedly considering one of his own. Uh, Mike Pence did write a memoir. I think the thing that stands out here um, from my perspective is while the uh, you know former president had a standoff and the current president has um, insisted from the very beginning that they've played this by the book, but then there have been subsequent searches right. and um, you know more documents coming out. Uh, I think Pence is on solid ground when he says um, these came to light after we did a search to double check yeah. and to ensure that we had not uh, done anything improperly. Now, again, if the, the last couple of weeks have taught us anything, it's that you have to wait and see, because certainly um, with Biden, there's been a drip of documents. But um, I think it would be consistent with the character of uh, former Vice President Pence that he wanted to be above board, um, that he wanted to make certain that he hadn't made any mistakes. And uh, so as, as the facts stand now, from what we know, it sounds like uh, he did due diligence on his own mm-hmm. and then reached out to uh, you know, DOJ and archives. Now, I don't know if Pence has a Corvette. Um, I don't know uh, where exactly uh, these were stored. I imagine um, this was likely in a study somewhere. Uh, but I think that, you know, we will look back perhaps on this Pence episode differently um, if there are not more documents uh, that are subsequently found. But the thing is, Pence and Biden have this in common. They both failed their own standard. Biden went on 60 Minutes and said that it was completely irresponsible for Trump to have those documents. Um, you know, Pence uh, said that uh, withholding documents, um, you know, was, was the wrong thing to do. And um, it, it seems that, that, you know, both the, the current president and the um, former vice president, um, you know, that they, uh, you know, did not treat this classified information the way that they, they should have. Yeah. And, and let me say this. And, and again, I'm going to tell you right now and confess it to you and everybody else listening. My my thought process is always going to be slanted a little bit 
in Pence's favor, not because I like him, but because I know uh, the integrity that he used with everything else he's done and the way I've seen him, how he's functioned in government. Um, and, you know, when they when they moved from D.C. Uh, back to Indiana, you know, it's not like when you and I move back to Indiana, you know, where we box up all of our own stuff. They don't box up all their own stuff. Um, and that's that's not an excuse. But I thought it was interesting that when Pence was made aware that stuff was in there, I mean, they got it back before anybody even thought to ask for it. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the, the way I, I what I'm curious to see is how this plays out in terms of politics, because we know uh, that while there is a special counsel looking into both Biden and Trump, more than anything, this is going to play out in the court of public opinion. Yep. The ramifications here um, are not going to be legal in all likelihood. They're going to be political. Uh, and if you're Nikki Haley or you're Mike Pompeo, you better believe that they're going through whatever uh, documents they have from their time in the administration uh, to make certain that they didn't take anything. Um, you know, I asked Mike Pompeo, where should classified information be stored? Uh, this was after the raid at Mar-a-Lago, and he was pretty straightforward. He said, if you have classified information and it's not where it should be, you should return it. Yeah. Um, from what we know about Pence currently, um, it seems like that's what he did. And I think that, um, you know, voters are going to come to their own conclusions, right? It's going to be difficult for, you know, Biden to slam Trump over the head uh, for keeping documents at Mar-a-Lago. It's going to be difficult for, um, you know, Pence to, to criticize either his former boss or the current president. But, um, you know, if you look at Pence, uh, he does not have that orbit around him that is traded to trade off of his name in the way that we know, um, according to his own admission, that Hunter Biden has. Um, the, and furthermore, um, there are not people in, in Pence's orbit um, who have then turned around and used his last name to uh, start new business ventures overseas in the way that um, some in Trump's circle has. So obviously we don't want to prejudge things, but on the surface, as it stands now, the, uh, you know, the impropriety smacks differently. Uh, this is definitely an embarrassment. Um, you know, it, it's certainly um, sloppiness either uh, on the part of the former vice president or his team. But it's not as if, um, you know, Charlotte Pence was looking to uh, make business deals with Ukrainians. And then, uh-huh. you know, years later, we found out that there were documents related to Ukraine right. in Carmel, Indiana. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's exactly right. Uh, let me change channels just slightly. You brought up the name of Mike Pompeo. Saw a recent article of yours, and you can always find his articles if you go to RCP, Real Clear Politics, rcp.com, and you will see in their heading banner across the top, uh, click on Writers and go down to Philip Wegman, and you can click and you'll see all of his articles that he has posted. I like the one that in his new book that Pompeo denies plotting against Trump and plotting his removal from office. Um, Basically, there were people that said or wanted to say uh, that Mike Pompeo was one of them that was pushing uh, for a a, uh, 25th Amendment removal of Trump from office and that Pompeo seemed like he was was in the game for that. And Pompeo basically saying, you need to go digging somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And what is interesting about this is 
this comes at a moment when Pompeo is creating daylight between him and Trump. He has already said that uh, Trump made some foolish foreign policy mistakes. He's also said that Trump's um, complaints about being a victim uh, of circumstance hold uh, Republicans back. So Pompeo is not afraid to throw punches. But on this front, he's saying, no, up until the end, I was going to do my job. Mm -hmm. In his book, he says he was not at all interested in the 25th Amendment, and he contradicts um, Treasury Secretary uh, Mnuchin, who claimed under oath to the January 6th committee that he had a conversation with Pompeo about using the 25th Amendment. So, you know, it's interesting. Why, at a moment when he's um, increasingly willing to criticize Trump, is he saying at the last minute, um, I just want to correct the record. You know, I, I, I was not interested in removing him early from power. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why is Mike Pompeo is going to have his argument with the former president on his own terms. It's not going to be um, globbing on to some media narrative, uh, you know, complaining about um, this or that thing that Trump did. Instead, you know, what we've seen from Pompeo is that if he's going to criticize his former boss, it's going to be on the substance and on where they had a disagreement. Um, it's not going to be some of this, uh, you know, hashtag resistance fodder. And uh, he was very eager to, um, you know, snuff out the rumors that he was plotting with other cabinet members to remove Trump from office early. Yeah, and, and it doesn't, at least by his own admission, it doesn't seem like that was ever actually really his goal. Uh, because if, if he had done that, I think any hopes that he has for running for the president right now would be very, very difficult. Um, I, I think I think that Pompeo probably uh, has done pretty well in insulating himself a bit. He's had differences with Trump even while he was secretary, uh, and he never hid that. But he, he never overexerted himself uh, to put Trump in a bad light. And so it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Philip, always enjoy your columns. Folks, listen, go to rcp.com, click on Writers, click on Philip Wegman, uh, click on any of his articles, and you can click on this one uh, that Pompeo denies plotting Trump's removal. Very interesting read, and I think you'll, you'll get a lot out of it. Hey, listen, thanks so much for today, my good friend, and we will talk to you again next week. Hey, thank you, Pat. Podcasts by Federated Media.